Hello, welcome to another Use of Force. This week for our In Pursuit of Freedom walk, we are covering an incident that took place in 2011 in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. The victim involved was named James Young. He was 49 years old. There is no corresponding Use of Force report to go with this instance as Use of Force reports involve the discharge of firearms by the police, and a firearm was not discharged in this case. As a consequence, we will relate the sequence of events that happened here via the corresponding news articles. Now, the news articles in this particular instance are very few, in fact, three as far as we can find. One reporting on what happened close to the instance, one reporting that a lawsuit was filed, and one talking about the settlement of that lawsuit. And the basic parameters of what occurred was that James Young was sitting on a park bench on June 3rd, 2011 in Crown Heights when Either Detective James Rivera or Detective Edward Sinclair, and I reference the idea that it was either or, as the preliminary statement from the court documents cannot determine which officer actually did this. So either Detective Rivera or Detective Sinclair grabbed James Young by the neck and squeezed for an extended period of time until James Young went unconscious and began foaming at the mouth. And this wasn't, this didn't happen because James was doing anything in particular. That's correct. Correct. That they were in the area investigating another incident and apparently went up to them to see if they could provide more information. And it, I, as, as crazy as it sounds, there does not seem to be any further inciting incident. Yeah, it does sound crazy. He was, James was handcuffed to the bench on suspicion of drug-related activity. Wow. The articles written suggest that officers were claiming that James was faking it. Right. And he Which I don't know how you could fake getting strangled and starting to foam at the mouth, but right. that is what they said. Yeah. And he slipped into a coma and was in that coma for four months before he died. Wow. And so the the lawyers of the family, of the Young family, particularly, you know, on behalf of uh, Young's widow, he had three children and a wife. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I'm reading the quote now. These are folks who are not looking to make this a TV item. They're still hurting from the loss of James, and they don't want to talk to the media. They simply want to know how James died and to hold these people responsible. Mm. This is from the 2012 article when the civil rights lawsuit was filed. So that does answer the, uh, maybe answer a question of why there isn't very much information about this if the family wasn't interested in doing interviews with the media. And, but it doesn't answer really why there isn't information about what happened. Right. From either the perspective of the police department or and or the perspective of anyone that may have been a witness. Yes. They were the the law team on the young attorney's side were in the process of discovery, you know, going around the neighborhood and seeing if anybody had any additional information. This section of Crown Heights, it's right on Eastern Parkway. It, it's very busy. Yeah. At all times of day, really. Right. Lots of car traffic, lots of uh, stores around, people around. So they're, you know, they may have been able to acquire some more information, but ultimately from the opening, preliminary statement in the court documentation, which goes, you know, numbered point by numbered point as to what they were claiming, doesn't really provide any new info other than what I said earlier about them not being clear on who actually was doing the choking and who was doing the handcuffing. Yeah. The the one article, uh, one of the initial articles, suggested that it was Detective Rivera that was doing the choking, but... Mm. That is not clear in the in the actual court documents, and then yeah. four other officers arrived on the scene, and they are referenced in the lawsuit because none of them, after a point when Young was unconscious and on the bench, none of them uh, made any effort to make sure that uh, you know medical assistance got there in a prompt manner. Wow. And I mean I this sounds so similar to George Floyd. Like what what happened in terms of a man who and I don't know if I've I've mentioned this at this point, but the uh, articles written make make no time or waste no time in referencing that James Young was on drugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was cocaine and opiates in his system, I believe, which, I mean, the man was, the man was sitting on a bench. Right. I, I, right. That shouldn't have, yeah, that shouldn't have anything to do with it as far as like someone that has used some form of cocaine or opiate in however, you know, in whatever time frame that that stays in your system. Like, that's not a reason to kill someone, obviously. No. No. 
or really even to approach them like that you know yeah this i guess i mean the i'd say the the main difference between this and the or i mean there's a lot of differences between this and the case of george floyd but one of the main things seems like it seems as though the officers just attacked this man unprovoked completely whereas in the case of george floyd they were called to the scene by someone else and obviously overreacted and obviously also attacked a man in a way that was fairly unprovoked but this seems like 100 percent unprovoked it, yeah i mean it, it seems similar to me in, in that the man died from asphyxiation by an officer that was using excessive force. Yeah, and it sounds like there were a lot of other officers around just accepting that that's what was happening as well. There was at least one other officer that was there when the major action was happening, and then these other officers that either arrived at the tail end or after everything was over. But the, you know, the difference is this being 2011, there... I mean, it's pre-Eric Garner again, which yeah. is kind of the, has been the uh, ADBC moment, if you will, in a lot of these use of force, the before and after Eric Garner incident being a, a watershed of uh, citizen documentation. Yeah. I, well, I think 2011 was pre a cell phone camera on every citizen and it was pre um nypd camera requirement i don't even think they had any cameras at that point on their person so yeah it's it's definitely before the age of being able to document what is happening with the law enforcement right and you have a family that is unwilling or uninterested i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter what their motivations are for not wanting to blow this up as much as possible they obviously shouldn't have to yeah no it's i mean it sounds like they wanted some peace it sounds like they wanted to know what happened and probably didn't want to be bothered with the media asked, you know, trying to dig into, like, creating a story around why this could have happened by painting their loved person as a criminal, which I feel like in 2011 was what would have probably happened. But it also, at the same time, sounds like they did want to know what actually happened because their, you know, father, husband, son was killed by the police. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I mean, this is, I would say the lack of information surrounding this incident is really shocking. And of course, the incident itself is disgusting and despicable. And that's shocking as well that, you know, the police would just strangle a person that's just sitting on a bench. Um but then the lack of sort of research and 
pushing into find out what actually happened is really I think equally as disgusting because it it says to me that no one in the police organization cared that this happened like clearly the people that actually did it the two officers that were there first and then the four officers that showed up and then the entire precinct and the you know every every level up to as far as you want to go it seems like they just didn't want to deal with it yeah and that's horrible i mean that's horrible for something like this to happen and not to have any information around why that's that really shouldn't make anyone trust our law enforcement that contributes to why people feel uncomfortable around the NYPD because they have they wield this power where they can literally just go up to anyone and kill them. Yeah. Well, it's possible that more was revealed pre-settlement that we were not will never be aware of yeah. and the attorneys managed to convince the young family that there wasn't going to be any further recourse than than what it you know that there that there was a it was not a hopeful situation in terms right. of seeing justice or right anything and yeah and it it seems like that's the case the the according to capstat right the two main officers that data only goes to 2018 but uh, as of 2018 they were still on payroll yes yes they were so yeah there was a settlement that was made in 2014 three years later almost exactly three years later just three years and two days later for $832,000 $832,500 to James Young's widow, which is such a disturbingly small amount when you think about what a human life is and taking away the, the husband of a, a you know, family of three yeah. that spent four months in a coma. And that's how we have historically dealt with these types of problems. Yeah. Maybe, maybe things will start to change with yeah. the with the with any changes that might be made to qualified immunity, with the increase in in citizens documenting what's going on, with body cameras and. You know, perhaps most optimistically, just the idea that we could all come together and say, this is not appropriate. Both the people and the law enforcement that is tasked with serving us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all of these, in any of these incidents where there is a settlement while one part of me is happy to see that there has been some form of payment made to the people that are suffering. Obviously, the other part of me knows that 
monetary payment is never going to replace losing your family member or your or another you know whatever your relationship to this person was and especially when the people that did this are still just out doing their job or do you know doing doing their job doing whatever it is that they choose to do while employed by the city I think would probably be a better way to phrase that I mean yeah they're still tasked with the job of of law enforcement and everything that we have about this suggests that they shouldn't be yeah yeah I mean it makes it makes the whole concept of law enforcement mean nothing if we're not enforcing the standard of law on the people that are supposed to uphold that standard of law, then what is the standard of law? Yeah. And it's it's most disturbing to me that there is such a lack of documentation on this. And we know it may be because the family didn't want to make a, a big deal about it, but the media should be inclined to make a big deal out of it regardless of whatever comments the family wants to provide on it rather than us just getting one article on what happened one article announcing a lawsuit and one article announcing a conclusion of a lawsuit yeah three years apart not even an obituary that i could find for james young of course we may be missing something we may not be using the right search terms to find additional things but you know on many of these instances there are a lot more articles and a lot more information not just not just reporting from that time but also organizations that are watchdog type organizations or memorial type organizations that try to shed further light and accumulate the facts of cases like this but there's nothing like that for this one yeah and it's uh it's awful yeah i agree so that's all the information we have on this one unfortunately if there's Anything that we've missed that you might know about from finding this, either, you know, listening to it this week or listening to this years from now or anything, we would always be interested in understanding more as we are with every episode. And until next time, take care.